EU Futures Podcast, a project of the Center for the Study of Europe at Boston University. Welcome to the EU Futures Podcast, exploring the emerging future in Europe. I'm Oya Jordanian, an outreach coordinator at BU Center for the Study of Europe. Today is September 22nd, and I talk to German journalist Wolfgang Bauer. Wolfgang Bauer is a reporter at Dietzide Weekly newspaper. I'm Wolfgang Bauer from Germany, reporter with Dietzide, a weekly newspaper in Germany. So, what is the future emerging in Europe? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, It's, uh, it's difficult to, to say. Um, there are two contradictional tendencies I see. Um, one are um, the, is a globalization, market conditions internationally, what put on you the force to uh, shape bigger and bigger entities. Uh, so economically the European Union would be uh, necessary. For the future, at the same time, we had a we have a lot of uh, conflicts surrounding us. I mean, Europe. Uh, we have um, an increasing number of autocratic states, as Russia, Turkey, the the, the chaos in the Middle East, and um, they are connected also to a, a different interests from different member states. Uh, so you have uh, now also. Um, forces pushing pushing the the union a little bit apart. Um, there are two tendencies, and I don't know what tendency will um, will have the upper hand. I see. Can you tell a little bit about your experience of reporting about the refugee and migration crisis, and apparently how the European Union was dealing with that? With my experiences. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure. I, I did. I did an undercover uh, uh, report um, on Syrian refugees uh, together with my photographer. I pretended to be a refugee myself from the Caucasus Republic, and and we joined our Syrian friends in Egypt, and they introduced us to the smugglers, and so we managed to to get onto the boats until we were arrested and brought um, and arrested again in. Austria, because we turned ourselves into smugglers. Uh, we tried to get three Syrian friends um, from Italy to Sweden, because we have promised them um, to do so in the prison in Egypt, where we were um, together in one cell, and that were, were really good boys, uh, good friends by now, and um, we said uh, we can't We can't allow you to go on our on your own any more longer, um, because uh, you will end up again in in some smugglers' hands. And uh, obviously, it's so easy for us to help you with our European passports. My colleague is um, as a Czech citizen, and um, so we picked them. We brought them by a car from Milano to Innsbruck, a city in Austria. But there we were arrested. Uh, because I guess my cell phone was followed, yeah, for a couple of hours before I was released because um, of the humanitarian background of this crime. So that's the experience I have as refugees at uh, uh, 
was this under, undercover project and I was invited from the European Parliament as an expert in a, in a panel discussion together with the Bulgarian uh, Deputy Prime Minister. Um, and I was quite shocked to see the clear division of Europe. Um, there's still an, an iron curtain between, between the East and the West. Uh, all the parliamentarians from the, from the West at this very occasion in Brussels spoke against um, more acceptance of refugees uh, in, in the Union, while most of the Western delegates spoke in favor of them. Um, the refugee crisis is one of many examples where you can see differences within the European Union, and I hope we will all manage it as, as one union. Tell, tell me a little bit about your book, Crossing the Sea, which was published recently. It was published uh, this year, in, in spring, right? Uh, in English, in, in German, or a bit earlier. Um, in the beginning, I, did, I never wanted to make books because I thought books have uh, and an, an more limited uh, reach a more limited audience, people who are already convinced about you know what what I like to say. Otherwise, they wouldn't sacrifice so much money to to buy this book. Uh, this newspapers is different because you buy a newspaper because you want to have it's like a surprise package. But uh, um, yeah. But I early soon understood that um, um, that uh, yeah what I have done uh, pretending to be a refugee really swimming in the in this flow of refugees uh, was a kind of unique experience I like to share in a more extended uh, in a more extended way. Uh, so we are um, with the Zeit um, um, and the Zeit is printing yeah I would say the the most extended features in German journalism, 35,000, 40,000 40, characters long. Uh, still, I was not able to, uh, to tell only a share of, of, uh, of the whole story. And that was the reason why I um, turned it into a book. And it's a story of a small group of refugees we accompanied, um, their characters, their personalities, uh, the background, the reason why they wanted to, uh, to leave. Um, yeah, and the whole drama of um, of the of the run of the escape. We were kidnapped, uh, we were taken as hostages uh, from the Egyptian mafia. We were kidnapped. We were beaten. Um, you know, it's a whole mess. It's a Byzantine system of of um, of agents and smugglers and. Uh, um, and uh, guys who want to, uh, you know, vultures who want to take uh, benefit from from this whole industry. It's an industry, um, and I think it's necessary to um, to um, know about the complexity and about the many of dangers um, you are facing as a refugee. How do you assess the way the European Union is trying to address it? Do you find the efforts taken sufficient? Um, yeah, it's changing from year to year. Uh, in the beginning, the European Union failed in multiple ways because they also participated in, in, in the refusal um, of a no-fly zone for Syria. 
And as I used to say, not the war in Syria is the main reason for all the refugees we have in Europe, but the bombardment from the regime of Assad. I've seen it myself. I've been in the war in Syria and I have uh, I've never seen something like it. It's an unimaginable uh, destruction you you uh, you can you can witness over over there and uh, because of um, the bombardment which is not predictable for people who live there they decide to go and they decided to go with a no-fly zone probably most of the refugees who are now refugees would have decided to stay um, we have playing playing children uh, very close to the front line um, but once you have the bombardment, of course, everybody is forced, or most of the guys are forced, to go as, uh, as long as they can afford it, um, somehow. Um, that was the first failure. Um, I blame the European Union for it. Not only the Americans, but Europeans tend to blame America for everything what is, uh, what is um, performing badly in a military way. Uh, but uh, we uh, forget that we also have responsibilities, also uh, Germany, um, despite of his history and because of his history. Um, and uh, the second uh, moment we failed uh, the Syrians, uh, we failed to address, as you say, the issue uh, properly was uh, when we ignored the big, the, the huge refugee crisis by forcing all those guys to the to the ships on the sea, in the hand of the smugglers, and we didn't we didn't make up uh, we didn't came with a uh, appropriate system, with um, humanitarian visas, a kind of evacuation of those who like to be evacuated, to Europe. We forced uh, the refugees to um, to pay money to the smugglers, that caused a huge smuggling industry with, I would say, ten of thousands of uh, people who earn money uh, by smuggling uh, refugees to, to Europe. Um, and we accepted um, thousands and thousands of people um, they were who, who drowned in, in, in the sea. Um, last year it was a change because uh, not of any decisions of the European Union, but of a decision done by the Turkish government, as you know, in 2014. Uh, it was for my fellows who went after Egypt, after our attempt to cross the sea failed, to Turkey. And for them it was incredibly difficult to leave the country to Greece because of the Turkish Coast Guard. Only one year later it was easy. Hundreds of thousands made it because Turkish government opened open the borders actually and um, so in, in uh, alone the last year we got in Germany 1.15 million refugees uh, we have a population of 80 million in total which causes now of course um, a lot of tensions in Germany social tensions um, a lot of people are feared uh, others are still very welcoming and, and uh, there are so 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 many people I know um, who, uh, you know, without payment, um, um, sacrifice their, their free time and set up task force, initiatives, uh, asylum, coffees, uh, in order to, to get um, 
um, the refugees uh, a start and uh, an option for for an integration later on. I see. So what's what do you think? What's your idea? What the European Union or the they should do to kind of better address this issue starting from now on? Still, we need a no-fly zone. Uh, now it needs to be done um, with the Russian cooperation, but perhaps there's a deal possible if we increase the pressure. Um, and as, as, as soon um, you have, um, or areas in Syria become a little bit quieter, you have uh, a flow of refugees going backwards. Um, not everybody, only minority, but at least some. Um, and what, what else is necessary is what we already have done in the 90s with the Bosnians in, the, in this terrible civil war we already had, also in, in front of our doorsteps. Um, um, these, time, these days the European Union um, offered the Bosnians um, a part of the asylum um, formula uh, to be evacuated to Europe when they could prove that they come from Sarajevo, for example, and when they agreed, I think also formally, to be repatriated once the conflict is over. And 100,000 of people did so. Too. They went to Austria, they went to Germany, other countries, and, um, and most of them went back home uh, in 94, 95, 96, because uh, they didn't want to stay in Germany. Um, they, they wanted still um, to be Bosnians. And they, they have seen the future in, in Bosnia, as most of the Syrians I know personally see the, their future in Syria and not in Europe. Paradise for them is in Syria and not um, um, where we think they, they um, yeah, they suppose uh, paradise uh, um, is um, so, um, and in this conflict, in the Bosnian conflict, we didn't had uh, we didn't have smugglers, and we didn't have dead bodies on on the borders. Um, in, in from my stand, it um, worked perfectly, um, and we didn't betray our own values. Uh, we didn't betray uh, the refugees, and we kept our societies in balance. And I don't know what why the European Union haven't haven't make this the same offer to the Syrians. There is a wider perception that uh, European citizens have little interest in politics at EU level. What do, why do you think this happens and how this can be changed? Yeah, the, the further something is away, the less uh, the less um, interest you have, uh, the more abstract uh, things uh, becoming. Um, sometimes it's also a language issue for sure. So in the European Union, everything is translated into how many languages? I can't remember, but a lot, million, billions, I think, are, are spent on the translation of the documents. The European Union is blamed for everything by local politicians who also participate, um, uh, but they like to sharpen the profile by criticizing the, the central institutions. It's not so different, I guess, um, than as here in the States. Uh, you know, Washington is a, is, is, uh, is a bad one all the time, who is to, to, to blame, while the States uh, 
the uh, yeah the state's politicians in Wyoming and in in uh, Virginia and uh, wherever um, they pretend to be helpless and um, uh, victims of the um, of the of, of 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 the politics done 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 in Washington, which is uh, very often just just a lie in the European Union. Um, there were mistakes done that um, the, the politicians overhanded the responsibilities very often um, to technicians, engineers, engineers and academic folks, um, totally disconnected, uh, disattached to uh, uh, really to, to the population of, um, um, of the districts. Um, so it was a, a lack of translation and transparency at the same time. Um, and now, but still, I, I hope, I think, um, that the majority of Europeans see the, the huge advantages we have as this union, still also remember very well uh, what it means to have a war between our countries. That's, for me, personally, the biggest um, achievement the European Union has done to us, the citizen, to get uh, you know any any doubts of the air that one 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 day could be could be an in an, an war in in Europe again uh, that France and Germany one day again could could fight each other I think that's um, even the the most extreme right wing guys don't don't uh, uh, consider this option because it's. Uh, the European Union and the cooperation between us diff diff diffuse this threat um, so uh, so utterly. Yeah, that's the biggest achievement for for mine for my stand. Um, and um, we can't survive economically without the European Union. Uh, for me, it's a perfect. Uh, it's it's a it's really a privileged feeling to um, that I don't need a passport soon again in Britain, but. Um, uh, I, I, if I like to go to Spain, to Italy, uh, to Finland, I don't need a passport, I just need an ID. I'm not a citizen of second class. Uh, um, I'm a European citizen at the, as, as the locals are too. It's fantastic that you don't uh, have to change your, your currencies, your money all the time. Uh, that's also highly, highly symbolic. Um, and in the head of the of, of most of uh, my friends who not all belong to the academic class, uh, I, I, I see this consciousness that you uh, that, that we are Europeans, still Germans, but at the same time Europeans. This word got more and more important without, you know, feeling the process, but um, I, I, I think and I hope it's deeply implemented. So you talk about Britain and um Brexit was a kind of surprise, though um, there were many running predictions. So after Brexit, how do you see in what direction will the European integration go? I'm not sure about it. Um, I'm a journalist, but I don't have an opinion on everything. Um, I, I guess the time of the expansion of the U European Union is almost over. Not only because of the Brexit, because of... Uh, the rising Russian uh, uh, nationality, um, nationalism, sorry, nationalism. 
which makes it very difficult to extend to cooperate um, um, you know with more treaties and and um, associations eastward we have seen it in with the example of the Ukraine um, I don't see any more options to extend uh, to the south um, you know Montenegro those states yes um, but further on that's difficult um, I'm very skeptical towards the request uh, from uh, from Turkey to get um, become a, a member of the European Union because of uh, how, how Turkey changed recently um, and yeah I think um, I think what the politicians really should do is um, trying to to uh, Zoom um, what what happens in Brussels and and, and uh, Strasbourg uh, closer to uh, to the experiences of of citizen in local districts, um, but um, but because we have a very very um, a political class which is which is a class on its own and lacks a little bit of transparency, not transparency, but, uh, you know, um, it's, not, it's not easy to enter this class and this class is reproducing, reproducing uh, time and again itself. Um, therefore, it's not so easy for politicians to reach out to ordinary people. We have a, a growing gap between uh, voters and the people we we supposed to vote for. As in the states, and my, probably my last question: What kind of Europe would you like to see in future? Ah, um, actually, a Europe not not so different from the Europe we have at the moment. Um, I wished, uh, I wished um, we Europeans would at least speak two other languages, um, so we can experience. Each, each other's perspective much more intense than we do now and we only rely on the medias printed or published in our own languages um, and um, I wish that people understand that the European Union is not only an economic thing it's also uh, it's much more um, and um, yeah that they becoming less bureaucratic uh, that uh, you know this this parliament gets more power um, and gets a seat finally and is not uh, doesn't need to to move all the time between uh, Brussels and Strasbourg. That's really uh, totally unnecessary and costs a lot of money and makes this parliament vulnerable for all kind of critics. Um, um, yeah, and I wish that uh, Germany is sending more qualified politicians to Brussels as it's, as it's had done in the past. Um, that's it. Thank you so much. I thank you.
You've been listening to the EU Futures Podcast, a project of the Center for the Study of Europe at Boston University, funded by a Getting to Know Europe grant from the European Commission delegation in Washington, D.C. 